I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but I think everyone deserves to know your weird television scheme for like only watching a certain amount of shows at a time. Oh, or did we talk about this already? I don't, I don't think we did. I have a name for it. I know you have a name for it, which creeps me out. Let's be, let's be fair. And so I have this thing with watching TV. Um, <laughs> you're a bastard. I'm a good guy, um, like Jesus was. <laughs> I, ha- I have a thing with watching TV where I don't want to watch too much TV. I know that's a foreign concept to some people in the world. but It's a bit weird. It is. <laughs> and so I have a limited set of shows that I will watch at any given time because I don't want to become overly invested in something. I can't uh, half watch something. I have to have to devote a certain amount of time to it. Given that I need to devote a certain amount of time to each TV series, I, I have a limited number of slots available for TV shows. So something has to finish before I can pick something else up. So if you come to me and tell me that, hey, there's this really great show and I should be watching it, I need to finish some other series that I'm watching or wait for it to completely finish before I can start watching it. And I know that sounds a little OCD. There's more rules though. I can watch stuff in alternate seasons. So the newsroom airs in the off season for a bunch of the other shows I watch. So it's okay for me to watch the newsroom. So so a show vacates a slot after the season ends? But you reserve the slot when the next season starts? Yes. So it only can be occupied by a show that will be within that gap. That's correct. Is that the go? And generally there shouldn't be overlap. If there's overlap of a couple of (laughs) weeks, that's okay because I can finish watching something off while something else is starting. And that allows me to accrue a critical mass of a, a new season of something so that I've got two or three episodes backed up in case I want to watch a couple in a row. Uh, Certainly, it makes sense The the other exception to the rule is (laughs) If a show has completely finished And Breaking Bad is an example of this I've never watched Breaking Bad Despite for the last five years People been saying to me You've got to watch this show You've got to watch this show Breaking Bad Sorry about that by the way (laughs) I've I've had a total internet blackout on it Because there's a bunch of people Talking about the season finale I will now sit and watch five years of Breaking Bad In one hit because I know that I don't need to devote any more time after the 80th episode or whatever it is. So so it's a finite commitment. Well, yeah. So you can load that up and just fire that shot right off. It's finite because it's already got an end point and so I can treat it a little bit like I'm watching a very, very long movie. (laughs) (laughs) I must say that probably week or maybe long weekend, depending on how committed you are to sleeping, in which you will consume Breaking Bad. Yes, I'm enormously jealous of your ability to do that, having watched it. I think I came on at the end of season three yep. and watched the first three seasons in probably, I don't know, 80 minutes or mm. something. Uh, and then since then, I've been watching tensely from week to week. And You're one of those people that gets on Twitter and is, oh, Breaking Bad's on tonight. Oh, I'm waiting for the next episode. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty in the tank for it. Don't tell me anything about it. I don't want to know anything about it. All right. I've got a shirt, though. I was in... Uh, <laughs> I was in Kmart the other day and they had a shirt with, is it Heisenberg? It is. And I didn't even realise it was a Breaking Bad thing. I just looked at it and went, that's an awesome shirt and bought it. And then it had the little Breaking Bad label on it. I went, oh, that's cool. I should probably watch the show now that I'm wearing the shirt for it. See, I think uh, in terms of pop culture trolling, that's, you're in a very rare position to just wear a Breaking Bad shirt around and just accept high fives. And then just as the person gets out of earshot, you say, What's Breaking Bad? <laughs> Watch their head explode. Yeah. Is it a show? Is it any good? 
Uh, you should watch it though, it's great. Well, I thought we might do an episode where after I've finished watching it, I'll sit down and I will actually set aside three days or whatever it takes to watch the whole lot. Yeah, I'll bring I'll you a can down. of V or something. Awesome. <laughs> You've seen those things on the web where people show their kids Star Wars for the first time? Uh, yes. We'll do a thing like that where I've just watched five years of Breaking Bad in one hit and I'll tell you what I thought of it because it'll all be fresh in my mind and you'll have that perspective of somebody who's watched it as it's evolved. I used to really enjoy uh, – I was massively obsessed with Lost. I think, we, I think we've got that in your bio on the website. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to enjoy it, but I insist on doing an entire episode which is just me talking about Lost and you going, I haven't seen it, me going, that's cool, just one more point. Right? <laughs> but – into it to the point where at the end of every season, and there were um, six seasons, I would inevitably in the off-season convince someone else to watch it <laughs> and I would sit next to them while they watched. So after the third season, I sat next to Eileen. She watched three seasons in like a weekend. Yep. The next season, I got my friend Darcy. We sat and watched four seasons <laughs> side by side. The next year, same thing. Got my friend Jay to watch like all five seasons. So you're uh, always re-reviewing it. Yeah. Yep. And it was fascinating to see, especially a show like that, which is so uh, mystery-driven. Mm. Breaking Bad, I think, isn't mystery-driven, but just the fervor of the fan base and the online connectivity, just the amount of conversation it throws up in between episodes. Yeah. It's fascinating to marinate in it for years and like after every episode, you spend an inordinate amount of time digging through theories and talking about what's going to happen and the themes and the blah and the thing and the whatsy. Yep. And then... To compare that to someone who's watched it all in about two days in a vacuum <laughs> and uh, just the, the different opinions that spring up around that is really quite entertaining. Yeah. Like in Lost, there'd be things where people would be like... It, well, this is going to be the Lost episode, isn't it? I can feel you. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, fine. It's fine. Uh, like Lost, you would have mysteries that would come up in like season one, which are then foreshadowed in season four and people are like, oh yeah, that makes sense because they saw it two days ago yeah. or whatever. Whereas it cracked the internet in half when it happened because people are like, oh, what an amazing callback from a long time ago and blah, blah, blah. Whereas for them, they're like, yeah, it's kind of yesterday. Yeah, and I'm like, have you thought that maybe this could happen? And they're like, <laughs> no, I never considered that. I'm like, yeah, because I've been thinking about it for two years. <laughs> 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 I'm uh, just so super really cool and yeah. go to heaps of parties. Obviously. obviously. What else have you been watching? Uh, I just found a show which was... Uh, really unanticipated called Orphan Black, which is a Orphan BBC Black. America show it that I'd never racist. heard of. Uh, and horrible to children, <laughs> is it not? <laughs> it's pretty bad to kids, uh, <laughs> but I wouldn't describe it as racist. Okay. It's not a hard-hitting documentary about uh, the death of sort of black people of parenting age, yep. if that's what you're worried about. <laughs> I saw, it's one of those shows, do you ever get television shows or sort of bits of pop culture where you just... In looking around the internet and reading things, just the name of something keeps coming up. Yeah. And you don't know anything about it, but you just generally one day go, well, I need to experience this thing because everyone on the internet who writes things that I respect mentioned it this week that it was worth watching. So I have to watch it as well to, to see if it's as good as they all say. And Yeah, yep. indeed. So I downloaded the first season and about a week ago and are now like nine episodes into the... 10 episode season. Oh, so it's it, only one season long so far? Yeah. Um, I wonder if I've got a slot coming up for that. <laughs> <laughs> I should point out, I'm really fascinated by your <laughs> intricate rules laden system for television watching because I'm the total opposite in that 
my life is built around the ability that if I find a television series that I like, I'll just turn off the phones <laughs> and, and just watch it immediately. Well, it's because of my whole create versus consume thing for 2013 that I talked about before. It's, it's a fairly new sort of – well, it's not a new concept. I've been doing it for a while, but 2013 is where it's really had the rules yeah. quite strictly enforced uh, because – Part of the reason that it's taken us this long to get off our butts and do the podcast is because I've been too busy just watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Orphan Black is a uh, – so it's set in America, but the protagonist is a British woman mm. and she's kind of a hustler hood rat lady. Yep. And she is waiting for a train and a woman – Commit su- she sees a woman commit suicide by jumping in front of a train. Oh. But just before she commits suicide, she realises that she's her like exact physical duplicate. Like a doppelganger. Yeah. So uh, she sees her doppelganger jump in front of a train and die. Yeah. Swipes her wallet primarily to steal her money. Yep. But then sort of goes and checks out her life and it becomes a – like she takes over her life and then it – sort of goes from there and she has to figure out why there's someone who looks exactly like her in the world and it's all very sci-fi and it's really good. Yeah, sounds slot worthy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that should be a term that persists. You wanted to make sinhole a term earlier in the (laughs) evening and now you're not going to give slot worthy a term? But slot worthy, it's a whole different kettle of fish. Um, But yeah, I would highly recommend it, especially for the performance of the lead actress who, uh, you know, in in that scene is playing two different people and that does... Admittedly, one of them does get squashed by a train. She does and I don't want to go into what happens, but she does have the opportunity to play multiple people uh, and she does a a bang-up job. Is is there anybody sort of famous in it or is it a relatively new cast? I don't even get it. I just watch it. I don't know anyone in it. I don't know if they've been in anything before. I'm in a vacuum. I don't know if anyone else enjoys the show except for like the weird corners of the internet. Um, I haven't seen it get any sort of critical mass. Yep. But it's just really entertaining Mm. and kind of crazy. I'll have to check it out when I've got a free slot. You should. (laughs) (laughs) I'm struggling a little bit at the moment because I picked up the first episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. last week and now I have to make a slot for that. But I think it's going to be okay because I'm a massive How I Met Your Mother fan and that's going to finish this season. So I might be able to bend the rules because comics? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can watch S.H.I.E.L.D. in your comic book reading time, which I have to assume as to what we've established that when you sit down to read any kind of book, there's a you first have to read the book of rules as to whether or not. <laughs> I don't have a rule for books. I only ever read one book at a time. Yeah. I'm struggling a little bit it's with the Transformers comics because there's two titles being published side by side. There's More Than Meets the Eye. Yeah. And there's um, Robots in Disguise, obviously. Yeah, makes sense. And yeah, the two parallel storylines. And I struggle a little bit with well, which. So I'm just, I've just worked out the chronological order that the stories occur in and I'm reading them so that the two <laughs> stories... Is that the same as publication order or is that different? It's different. Yeah, it's geeky as hell. Yeah. I respect that heavily. Yeah. But um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had me from the the opening scene I thought was awesome because not you're sort of looking at me like you know what I'm going to say but I assure you that you don't. <laughs> the opening scene was awesome. I just thought you were going to say that I was great. <laughs> The opening scene was awesome because the guy who's selling the hot dogs, who I had to rewind it and play it back so I could make a note of his name for this. His name yeah. is Bernie. 
he looks exactly like the guy that runs the company that I work for. <laughs> <laughs> I did not anticipate that being your statement. And so now every time, every time Graham comes into the office, <laughs> I just want him to walk in with a hot dog stand and start selling me a hot dog, which is probably not a good thing to say to the MD of the company you work for and he was looking at downloading our podcast today, so <laughs> I might not have a job when this episode comes out. But In your defence, <laughs> like, can anyone out there honestly think of someone, no matter how much they love them, yep. who wouldn't be improved by <laughs> handing you a hot dog? <laughs> with, right? a, with a hot dog cart and a stripy uniform and one of those little sort of fold-up yeah. paper hat things that you see. Very on the few instances <laughs> are not improved by adding hot dogs. This is true. This is very true. That's in the first 20 seconds and I... <laughs> I've sat down and I, I, you watched this before me and so I went, oh, i got to watch this thing so we can have a chat about it. I sit down, I press play and that opening scene comes up and I just went, hang on a minute, pause, <laughs> back to the start and I rewatched it three times. I don't even need to watch the rest of this because <laughs> I'm just so enamoured by my hot dog toting boss yeah. <laughs> making a guest appearance in, in S.H.I.E.L.D. And fair to say that even though I thought that was going to be the highlight, the show sort of went went up from there. <laughs> it, it got even better. Even better than Boss Dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start calling him Boss Dog and see if he asks why. I really wish you would. Uh, you can't sleep on my couch, though, if you lose your income. So, yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started. I actually watched the second episode today. Does that ruin everything? Have you, have you only watched the first one? Yes. Yeah, I'll only, I'll only talk about that then. Yeah, Every, don't talk about the fine. second. Oh, God. Uh, You're going to do that thing where you say, oh, and then this bit happened and I'll go, I don't remember that. And you go, oh, that was in the second episode, wasn't no, it? No, I'll mm. do that awful geeky bastard thing where I'll be like, yeah, that really pays off in episode two. And <laughs> I'm not spoiling anything, but you're going to want to watch episode two. <laughs> Everyone knows that guy. He yeah. sucks. Um, I'm sitting across from him. Yeah. <laughs> You've been talking about hot dogs for a lot. I downloaded this immediately yep. when it came out. Um, Didn't your brother ring you at 10 o'clock at night or something and tell you you had to watch it? Yeah, my brother Carl basically rang to say, it's on tonight, you have to watch it, and then text me as soon as you finish watching it, no matter what the time is. Yep. And then I got really bu- I watched it, went to bed, had a busy day at work, and he rang to say, uh, either you've watched it and haven't called me, in which point I'm disappointed, <laughs> or you haven't watched it, in which case I'm disappointed, or you're dead. <laughs> which implies that my death is the only way that does not disappoint him, which is a downer. But I think it does illustrate how sort of in pre in the tank we were for this show. Yeah. I think we've established in previous episodes that I'm enormous Marvel dude. Mm. Um, I loved Avengers. I thought Avengers had a really high degree of difficulty and a massive chance to fail. Yep. Uh, and I just thought it pulled it off really well. Uh, but it, it really didn't have to pull it off that well for me to be super excited. I'm a massive Joss Whedon fan, so it was just this perfect storm of geeky craziness that I was in love with. Yep. And so S.H.I.E.L.D. being the sort of spiritual successor to that, it would have been really hard to not be something that I enjoyed. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Uh, and I thought it was really good. It was fun. It was just a fun it show. It was fun. I was trying to explain it to somebody and they said, well, what sort of show is it? And I said, well, it's not, it's not really a superhero show per se and it's it's sort of a crime show it's sort of a yeah detective show it's it's a little i've, I've been struggling to to find a genre to lump I, it into i feel like have you seen many 
of Joss Whedon's previous shows, like Buffy and I watched Angel Buffy and, and Angel. And uh, I geeked a merit point, haven't watched Firefly. <laughs> it sort of fits, I feel like it fits really naturally into those stable of shows. Like it's obviously in a different, it's got the whole Marvel thing going for it. Yep. But that vein of sort of just a funny action-based show, mm. probably just call it an action show, really. Yeah, yeah, that's it's fair. Just funny people that hang out and then bash people. Yep. And I enjoy that. There's a the fight scene where I think it's the first fight scene when you're introduced to the guy who's going to be one of the main characters. And the the fight scenes in this are, are excellent, I think. Uh, but one of my favourite bits of maybe any fight scene was in this where he's fighting in the kitchen and he pulls the drawer out and then hits the guy over the head with the drawer and then punches him in the head yeah. and punches a hole in the drawer. <laughs> Uh, so that's that's pretty tough. You smash a dude with a drawer and then punch a hole in it just to give him another one in the scone. No, the uh, the action choreography the, I the thought choreography was really is good. Fantastic. Uh, you know who else is involved with this show? And I may be the the anal retentive one who picked this up. Yeah, the guy who's do who did the Mortal Kombat Legacy stuff on YouTube, who is responsible for the new Mortal Kombat TV series that's coming out and the Mortal Kombat movie, Kevin. I can't remember how to say his last name. It's Takarowan or something like that. Oh, yes. Uh, his sister's involved in it who's I, – I did a bit of reading up on her because I recognise the last name. It's an unusual last name. She's sort of interested in a whole bunch of similar stuff to him. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really excited that the Mortal Kombat dude's sister yeah. is working on the shield thing, <laughs> uh, especially from a fight scene point of view because the, the Mortal, if you haven't seen the Mortal Kombat legacy stuff, have you, have you watched the whole series? I don't think I have. I watched the first couple. Was that the YouTube one? Yeah. So it started out he made, just in his spare time, made the teaser trailer called Mortal Kombat Rebirth. Mm. And then... Which I exploded over. Yeah. And then spun off a web series of it and it's up to, I think it's he's done a second season of it. Uh, and it's the, the fighting in it's fantastic. And the other thing that I really liked about it, which appeals to me, being a, a gadget geek and, and into the tech side of things, is... The, the future tech sort of stuff in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Is, is really cool. And the other thing that I really like about it is it's not overly far-fetched. Mm. And so it lends to that, that realism. We sort of go, well, this, this could happen. There's yeah. the, the cool scene where he wipes the guy's wine glass with the cloth and that records the fingerprints and then he goes and overlays that onto something. And yeah, it's sort of that 10 minutes into the future thing where you yeah. go, ah, oh, yeah. You go, well, we, could, we could have this. It's not teleporters in Star Trek or anything like that. Yeah. So I dug, I dug that about it as well. I really like, I thought, you know, it's a really cheesy show, but I think mm. that works. I think it's quite a good pilot episode in terms of setting everything up. Yeah. Uh, and they're clearly, they don't spend a lot of time on Avengers because they obviously trust that it's more people saw it than any other film ever or whatever. There's that scene right at the beginning where they recruit the the guy who I assume is going to be the main character other than Agent Coulson who's back and he's sitting down with Maria um, Hill. Maria Hill, played by Kobe. Yep. I'm very pleased that she's in it. Um <laughs> And she kind of explains the whole Avengers movie away in about two minutes. Oh, this is – we're in a world with superheroes and monsters and I didn't really – that was probably the only part of the show that I didn't really like because sort of like they went, well, we'll assume that most people who are watching this have probably seen Avengers and Iron Man and Captain America but for those that haven't, we'll cram all of that into two minutes with a, you know, a bit of overlay from the movie and that, that sort of graded on me a little bit but – 
You can certainly feel that this is, um, you know, as good as it is, it's obviously being scrutinised by a number of corporate, ent- like it's Marvel, it's Disney, it's yep. uh, all kinds of people. Like it, it does feel scrubbed by yeah. many hands of like you've, you've put it through focus groups and someone didn't remember who Iron Man was so they've had to put that in. And that's, you know, I would expect that going in. Like this is a pretty big franchise at this point. Yeah. And yeah. then sadly just not going to let... Joss Whedon and his mates do whatever they want. I quite like the theme, which they seem to explore throughout the pilot of where do human beings fit now? Yeah. Um, it's a smart theme to use given that the whole guts of the show is it's Avengers without the Avengers in it. Yep. Just because we don't have the cash. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I think it's smart to roll that into the narrative and say, well, let's explore how the world's changed given that there's bloody gods and uh, billionaire monsters. robots yep. and monsters and blah, blah, blah. How do people just get by mm. and what's different? Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to them exploring that headed forward. They sort of hit it really hard here. I think the the sort of semi-villain guy at the end makes a speech which basically looks down the camera and says, we are here to talk about this theme, mm. but I don't know. I'm into it. I would recommend the show and yep. say that it's awesome, but I should say that, yeah, there's that line. There's one where someone starts to say, with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, I like that. I actually, I like, I really, really like that part. <laughs> yeah. And there's one where someone just mentions Journey into Mystery, which is like the first comic that Marvel ever put out that had Thor in it and stuff. Oh, I didn't pick that. Um, so, yeah, I should say that I'm the guy who watched the show and when they say those things, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Marvel Comics on the TV. <laughs> I think it's awesome. But if you don't agree, if you're like, oh, I don't care that they name check like Peter Parker's ethos, mm. uh, then I don't know, your mileage may vary. But <laughs> I just Did thought it was really fun. I just was smiling while I watched it. It was. Did you spot the Stark Industries sign on the side of the bus? No, I didn't. Uh, you got to rewatch it then. Oh, man, my eyesight, it's not my thing. I think you're all flash because you've got the second episode and you haven't even really seen the first <laughs> episode. I'm just barreling through. This is why I need a more structured television viewing experience. Is, you've, you've got to get my system in place. I will license it to you. You should. <laughs> <laughs> Flying cars also. Yeah. Speaking I mean, of slightly futuristic tech that's believable, that's completely not. But I don't give a rat. Such a great ending when he basically turns his red, uh, I think it's a Corvette, into a mini shield helicarrier in pretty red the best. form. You know, I don't think it's any surprise that Colson rules. Yep. Uh, and he's got an unfair advantage because we all think he rules before the movie, before the show even starts. I think, sorry to interrupt, but that's kind of my thing. Um, <laughs> I think what's really cool about using Colson in it is in all the Marvel movies, he's got some good one-liners and he's, he's kind of a bit, he's almost comic relief. Mm. And I watch the Marvel movies and I go, God, I wish this guy had his own movie, but you sort of look at it and go, his own movie wouldn't really work in this universe. What I realised watching this is what suits him really well is his own television show. Yeah. It's uh, pretty great. Yeah. And again, pulling sort of the outside factors mm. where as, as they were announcing the show and they want Colson in it, but he obviously died in the Avengers. Uh, I like that they've just brought him back and just gestured to it as a mystery to be resolved later. They're, like yeah. They're, I wonder if they are going to resolve that because there's, there's the bit where she says quite clearly he can never know about yeah. What happened? Because he thinks he's been on holidays on an island. Exactly. And, and you wonder if they'll, you know, I imagine they'd get to it in the future, but it yeah. depends if the idea is that he's a bloody life model decoy or an alien or something, they might not want to resolve it because uh, it might freak people out. Yeah. But I do love that. 
And I think mm. there's a they, but they do a good job of like introducing you to the character, giving you a really quick post-it note sketch of like this is action guy, this is mysterious kung fu lady, yeah. this is hacker lady, the bus These driver the, chick, yeah. Um, but then they all sort of give you a little hook in terms of, and here's a gesture towards a greater story that yeah. they themselves could be involved yeah. in. So I thought there was a lot of material in this that they weave some wanna, nice stuff that'll keep yeah. you keep you watching. And it was super funny. The the other thing about it was the which I think ties it closely back to the movies is the score is brilliant as well. The the mm. music for it is is really really enjoyable and and the music fits the show itself, mm. but still has those ties back to the sort of score we're familiar with from, yeah. from Captain America and Thor. But it, it's kind of doing its own thing, and it works really well for a TV show as well. I think it's reasonably well written. There's, like you said, it's a little bit cheesy in places, but there's some good sort of comic moments, some good sort of one-liners. There's a lot of those um, Joss Whedon zingers where he sort of yeah. builds up the drama and gives you a really sort of important moment and then immediately undercuts it with a gag. Like yep. Colson coming in and going, welcome to level seven. Sorry, it was dark. <laughs> um, and that there's a lot of those in these shows of people doing really dramatic things and then having a prat fall down some stairs or something, yeah. which I really like. Um, it's a good way to balance that sort of humor action thing. Um, I also thought it's a really good looking show. It's clearly... Yeah. Pretty expensive. Yeah, um, and they understand that it's got to, you know, it's not going to be the Avengers, but that audience is going to want It can't some. be Fantastic Four either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Marvel, you give us the spectrum. <laughs> the other thing I was, I was going to ask you, I, I thought about looking this up on the internet and then I thought, no, I'll save it and, and ask you, is they make a mention of Von Trapp. Is that a reference that I'm completely missing? Isn't Von Trapp the, uh, the family from The Sound of Music? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, but I didn't know that if that was tied closely into the Marvel Universe or not. Yeah, I mean, that's who... Um Bruce Banner. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this show is similar to Avengers in that um, the pilot was good, uh, which isn't similar to Avengers, but bear with me. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm holding on. Yeah. I think it's the same in that I'm in the tank for it. Yep. I'm, I'm highly likely to love it, even mm. if I'm the only guy saying, and I've already been in conversations where I'm like, that was awesome. And everyone's like, that was awful. I'm like, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but also wrong um, because <laughs> your soul is a joyless void. Um, <laughs> but I also think there is a high degree of difficulty in pulling this off. Like there's a chance yeah. that it could just be a, a bit shit. It, there's a chance that it could turn into birds of prey. Yeah, which is no yeah. good. So what do you want the show to be week to week? Let me start with what I don't want it to be. I yep. don't necessarily want it to be a freak of the week type of thing. We had the guy with extremists. Mm -hmm. this week which was a nice tie back to to iron man 3 but they sort of talk him down and and that's great i i don't really want it to be oh there's a new super villain every week and these guys who are not superheroes have to stop it or yeah i, I really don't know I'm, I'm like i said i was having such a hard time kind of defining the genre of it that i i, I kind of can't wrap my head around the possibility of where it mm. will go i suppose what, I... what about you I worry about it because uh, I find Joss Whedon shows tend to all have followed the same trajectory in that they start off as standalone episodes mm. and it's only when the the bosses seem to stop paying attention and it be, can become a more serialised narrative that they really start to grow wings and fly. Yeah, I'd like to see it do... Uh, I thought Buffy was really good in terms of walking the balance between standalone episodes and season-long sort of yeah. big bad arcs. I think they've set up well for the the serialized narrative and the, the arc that 
that yeah. stretches the whole season. I think that's the best way to do it. It's bloody hard to pull off. Um, Buffy was quite good in terms of being able to just chuck a sentence into a standalone episode that reminded you that the arc was happening. Yep. And then you'd basically just three episodes would contain most of the story you needed to follow the big thing. Mm. Um, whereas Angel had some seasons which were just effectively took place over about three days, which I loved. But yep. I can't see, given the, the amount of scrutiny this show must be under, given the every, that it's every tied to films and guy on things the internet, and, yeah. Blah, and yeah, Disney and all that stuff. I can't imagine they will get enough out of the spotlight to be able to go, oh, we'll just cheekily do a whole season, which is one story. Well, here's the thing that I think it's got going for it, but also is possibly detrimental to it in the sense of what you're talking about is that we know there's going to be another set of movies. Mm. And so the movies sort of serve as a bookend. So if you sort of reach the the logical conclusion of something and then a movie happens, you've then got that movie to fuel another season. And Buffy and, and Angel didn't have that and then uh, Firefly finished with a movie, didn't it? Didn't, uh, didn't yes. it end and then they yeah. made the movie? Got cancelled, then movie. Yeah. So... I think this has kind of got that going for it in the sense of you can have that arc and what they can almost do is use that arc to feed the movie as much as the as much as the individual Captain America, Thor, Hulk, Iron Man movies will inform the next Avengers movie. They can use this show to yeah. inform the next Avengers movie as well and, and use that to tie it all together, which I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but I don't know that there's a lot of shows that have successfully done that sort of thing. I remember a couple of years ago they were talking about making Stephen King's Dark Tower series into a thing, which was going to be movies. It was going to be a TV series punctuated by movies. And I remember looking at that and going, oh, that's interesting. And it sort of makes sense, but it sounds hard. And I think Marvel might be on the verge of sort of accidentally doing the same thing. I would be surprised if nothing else, if during sweeps, sort of the star of the next Marvel movie doesn't at least pop in and appear and yeah. pop up on the heavy carrier. Like if Thor's coming out, Thor 7, then 4 will just walk on and be like, Thor, did you see that thing I did last movie? And then just fly <laughs> off or whatever. <laughs> Hopefully it's more sophisticated in terms of, because as you say, you really could use this show as connective tissue between films yep. um, while still being a pretty standalone piece. So probably needs slightly better dialogue than did you see that thing I did before flying <laughs> off? <laughs> I'm not writing the show. Thank All God. Right. <laughs> no one's here to make that claim. He would talk in weird, oldie-worldie language, obviously. Mm. Um, but apart from that, it, would, it stands. But I would like to see, I think the show could probably withstand, I think the audience would be cool with it if you just finished a season and said, follow this in, you know, Avengers, Avengers 4 or whatever. Four. Yep. Um, and then they came back and they just assumed you did it. Yeah. Uh, I can see that that's just a bit new and weird, so they probably wouldn't mm. do it. Um, it's a cool it's a cool concept. I, I think it could be quite successful given the, given the sort of crowds that they're pulling to these movies. Yeah. I don't think there's any reason why you can't do that and, and do it successful, and especially given that Joss is involved through the whole thing and Stan Lee's involved through the whole thing and you've got the carryover of the actors – that mm. uh, you've got to you've got to think that the dude who's the the main guy in this is feeling like he's he's got a bit of a star on the rise because there's absolutely no reason why he couldn't be in the next film as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Which yeah is another interesting point in terms of if you have Coulson appear in the next film, you have to explain. Do you have to explain that within the film, or can you have explained it in the TV series and trust that they'll know that going into the film? 
Because well, the Avengers... They the, don't know. They don't know. So you've got to explain it to them at some point. So you've either got to have... You've got three options. You can explain it to them in the film. Mm. You can have them all appear in the TV show, which I can't help but think would be the most expensive television episode yeah. ever made. Or you do it off camera, which would just suck. I would like to think they have a plan, yep. really, in terms of... And I'd be happy to see that sort of interconnected comic book craziness mm-hmm. and just trust the audience to find the answers wherever they happen to be. But I wonder, I suppose. Have you read a DC comic book series called Gotham Central? No, it's but I think you've awesome. mentioned it to me before. Yeah, it reminds me of th- this show is in many ways sort of a Marvel version of that, really. Yeah. Gotham Central follows... It was so it's therefore infinitely better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is in the Batman universe, which is the only good bit of okay. DC comics. Yep. Um, but it was sort of mid-2000s, I want to say, and it just follows the Gotham City Police Department. Okay. So it basically follows all the people that are enforcing the law that aren't Batman Yep. and just how shitty that is. Mm. And it's really, really good. It's kind of like... Every couple of years they talk about whether or not they're going to make a TV show out of it because it feels like it feels like this show. It's like a Batman comic where Batman never rocks up. NYPD Blue. Yeah. With Batman in the And reading the comic, it feels like a comic that's been written to pitch a television show in some ways, which is a mean thing to say because it's so good. It's clearly written as a comic (laughs) book. But this the idea of this show, I think, has if not been directly inspired by it, it's mining the same sort of territory in terms of looking at filling in the gaps around it. Gotham Central was really well done just exploring the idea of just how hard it is for police to police uh, a town that has supervillains in it. Yeah. And like, you know, I think in the first episode they respond to a domestic dispute and they open the door and it's Mr. Freeze and he just freezes one and smashes him. (laughs) Like, what what the fuck do you do? Like, what do you do? Yeah. yeah. And they have this, like, they don't... (laughs) They all hate Batman because he solves all the crimes yeah. and they're the police. And they're kind of helpless without him yeah. against a certain class of villain. They have this professional yeah. rivalry with him in that they hate him because he's, uh, he's a vigilante. He's a criminal. To them, he's a criminal as well. Yep. But they also hate him more because they sort of all understand but don't say that they need him. Because yeah. they can't like and if it's Mr. Freeze, what the fuck are you going to do? Yep. Like if I saw Mr. Freeze, <laughs> I've got two options: run away or freeze <laughs> and be smashed. <laughs> yeah, into exactly. Uh, and you could try and test. No, it's not going to work. the The quality of that and the interest that that generated mm. gives me quite high hopes for Shield. Yeah, in that it's it's an area that has that sort of people standing in the shadows of stuff. I think there is a really good way to do that. Yep. And not have to have the Avengers appear and have to jump between cameos all the time. Yeah. Um, I think you could build good characters. Mm. I'd be pretty happy if just every week they were like, here's another thing that appeared in a Wolverine comic two, like 20 <laughs> years ago. No one knows except Stefan, Lord <laughs> of the Nothing. <laughs> but I understand they need to do more than that. They're probably pitching to more than an audience of just one. It's true. Yeah. Well, look, I think we probably need to wrap this up because I've got to toss you out on the street now so that I can watch the second episode. (laughs) I'm not a good guy. No. I don't think we should star this. I don't think we should star TV shows. Yeah, you can't really star pilot episodes of TV because they're so hard. Like, There's very few pilot episodes that are A, any good, and B, if you go back and watch a pilot episode of your favourite show, it really feels like the actual show. Yeah. They're just a weird, they're serving like 10 different things. Mm. So I'll give it a top work, Marvel. Carry on, Pip Pip. <laughs> what would you give it? Oh, look, I, 
I think it would be foolish and short-sighted of me not to just completely echo those sentiments as well. That's uh, it's on a spectrum. It's below <laughs> hoity o, what a winds o, <laughs> we o, and yep. it's uh, it's more than going. <laughs> this didn't have a single sad beard. We can agree, dramatic fail, and no one died needlessly for a dog. <laughs>